Hello, RP people, and welcome back to another episode of Roleplaying as Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to RPG systems, mechanics, news, and dumb rants and topics we have way overthought. My name is Santa, and I'm glad you can join us again today. Uh, joining me as usual, we have Scott W. and Mr. Finder. But not like usual, we also have Russ, aka Salty, from Salty Games. Say hello, guys. Hello. Hey, hey folks. Thanks for uh, having me on. I'm an elf. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, in real life? <laughs> oh, it, shit, it's because you know Santa. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I'm surprised that joke has not been made yet, but it's been made. Well, first I'd like to say, well, I guess not first anymore, uh, <laughs> that I'm kind of glad we have another Canadian joining us today. It's been pretty American-y lately. So, Russ, it's uh, nice for you to join us on for the first time. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What's your tabletop history? Uh, wow, that's a that's an expansive question. Um, <laughs> so back in the 80s... No, okay, all right. Let's, let's skip through a bunch of it. Started with original D&D, trying to play on the kitchen table by myself when I was six, and my parents were having none of it. Uh, had that box set, and it turns out you need friends. So skip forward five or six years and uh, was reading the Dragonlance series and accidentally made friends that way and started playing whatever that was, AD&D then at that time. I uh, played that for a handful of years through high school, uh, bounced back and forth into whatever the hell version of Shadowrun was out in the late 90s, uh, the Star Wars game that was out then back when that was a good game. Um, and then found World of Darkness, fell in love with that system, discovered that role-playing doesn't just mean hack and slash, spent five or six years playing all through the World of Darkness, and we're talking the late 90s to the mid-2000s then, whatever the hell versions those were. Pardon me, I'm not really up on this stuff. And um, then moved to the big city, started getting laid, and just didn't end up playing games for about <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> Uh, which, I mean, looking back on it, I'm not sure if it was a good trade-off because I still have all my books. And I mean, I mean, I didn't get a single STD out of that, so there's no lingering <laughs> memory there. <laughs> I remember once trying to play D&D by meeting people at a bar, uh, and I started a, 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 what do you call it, a meetup group. I don't know if you guys are familiar with yeah, that. Yeah, online. yeah. Yeah. And the uh, strangest group of smelly weirdos showed up, and I felt... I felt like I fit right in, but we got kicked out of the bar. <laughs> oh, man. And then, and then it turns out you can't play D and D with a 450 square foot condo when you don't have a table. So that fell apart quick. Also, the chick that took a huge shit in my bathroom and didn't flush afterwards oh, was the end of that. So then, a couple more years roll forward, roll forward, no more d- games, and I, I went away and traveled for a while. And I came back and was living in my buddy's basement because I was broke. And and we were, I don't know, 35 or 36 and call this five years ago. He's like, hey, man, do you want to play Dungeons & Dragons? I'm like, yes. Yes? Do you still have your books, bro? And he's like, no, no, no. Young kids are playing it now. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I had been out of touch literally on a sailboat with no internet for three years. So, and out of touch, you know, balls deep in things for 10 years prior to that. So I wasn't paying attention like a f***ing asshole. So I wasn't really caught up on modern gaming. Uh, pardon the monologue. 
And uh, I'm just looking at this <laughs> the digital display of me talking for the last 15 minutes straight. <laughs> so so here, it's 2016 or 17, and Bro invites me to play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, yeah, man, where are we going to, you know, is it just you and me? And he's like, no, 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 we've got some hipster neighbors, these beautiful <laughs> young couple, fucking 26-year-old god and goddess, tattoos, and he looks like a Viking, and she's a supermodel. And they play Dungeons and Dragons. I think there was Pathfinder they were playing or whatever, which I'd never heard of. And we sat down at the table, me and my old ass friend I've been playing since the 80s, and surrounded by cool 25-year-olds. All of them, of course, worked in restaurants. They all had <laughs> tattoos that were cooler than my f***ing tattoos, beards that were better than my beard. Uh, and and if they had gray hair, it was cooler than my gray hair. And it was this this sea change, this realization that somehow, somewhere, you know, and, and I don't, obviously the rise of nerd culture has been a, a thing in media for the last 10 or 12 years, but I, I had missed out on it. And then I dove headfirst back into it because, and we may or may not get into it, I'd spent part of my intervening few years writing an RPG, even though I hadn't played them for 10 years. And, um, and, and then that, that brought me to here. It, it was refreshing to find out that you didn't have to be embarrassed about this shit anymore. I, I've got a hot wife. She doesn't give a fuck what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> now, 20 years ago, she wouldn't have talked to me because she was a cool kid in high school. 25 years ago, how the fuck old we are. But now she doesn't give a shit. She made friends with our neighbor. She's like, hey, does your husband play D&D? So does mine. They should be friends. And boom, we're friends now. That's how I got to know my neighbor. And both the wives are cool. Now, Beth doesn't give a fuck what I do in this, this quiet little room by myself or when I go off to hang out with the boys. She takes comfort in the fact that knowing that I'm not going to a bar and looking at other girls. Yep. But it, it's this, this change of, of uh, a perspective or whatever it is that I think has only been helped through COVID because we're all stuck at home. No one's going to bars anymore and getting laid. Uh, and, and this has been the best social growth, I think, uh, or, or sorry, uh, a good use of social growth via VTTs and everything like that, that has really fostered the game environment such that more and better and, and different games are coming out now. And, and here I am talking to you guys on the podcast. And I, I had to Google what a podcast was before I got here. <laughs> <laughs> Rant over. And don't worry about that last part. Finder still doesn't know what a podcast is. True. He hates them. Yeah. Ironically. <laughs> I know. Yeah. He just thinks we're talking to the interwebs. <laughs> but you guys no. are people, though, right? Yeah, but yeah, man. I mean, that's kind of the thing. And I know this is really isn't what we want to talk about, but you're not wrong. There's this been this, uh, you know, it is a positive and a negative for the growth that we're seeing. But yeah, just the sheer amount of games and the level of creativity is so awesome to see some of the shit that's coming out. I was like, oh, cool. Never would have thought of that. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's the biggest boon right now. It's just crazy. And then, yeah, have you ever seen? So I'll ask you this question, and then we'll let's uh, we'll give Santa back his control. Uh, have you ever seen the movie uh, Zero Charisma, Russ? I have not. It's an interesting flick for folks who are, you know, kind of with the eyes open about hipsters and gaming and whatnot. It's it can be kind of cringy, but you've, you you you're you're like kind of me and. Uh, in Finder, where that from the the old school of we've played for a long time, and then that's kind of what the movie is about: is this old school group and how they handle the the hipsters, what they find that are gaming. Um, 
yeah, uh, it's free on like Tubi, and I always recommend people check it out who, especially, been gaming a while, or even the younger folks like Santa, like check it out, and you know, I like to hear your thoughts on, you know, your generation being discussed. I like how you always talk about me like I'm some little youngster. You are a little youngster. <laughs> you are a little youngster. I'm in my thirties. Come on. <laughs> like I said. <laughs> yeah. I, you're young enough that I could be your father. Oh, that's Gross. true. Wow, that does. That's weird. Yeah. That, yeah, that's man. Weird. All right, Santa, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> oh, this is pretty fun. Not daddy but... issues, I hope. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Here we go. Now, not going to get into those ones today. Maybe next episode. <laughs> Santa's <laughs> daddy episode. issues. My three dads. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on today's uh, episode, we're actually going to be talking about the different races in RPGs and why... No matter how big the selection is and everything like that, most people just play them as humans. Why didn't you just say today we're going to discuss racism or we're going to get racist? I hate you so much. Uh, I'm not <laughs> we gonna... such a good opportunity to lure people in and be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hate listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, our viewership might go up for that one. You got Yeah, of course. The grift is real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll be the name of the episode. Um, Whatever. Yeah. Uh, right. so, I, <laughs> so first things first let's uh get this one out of the way when you play an rpg uh what kind of races do you te- guys tend to gravitate towards if it's not the human one? Oh, okay so for me it's shifted over time when i was young uh when i was about your age i would always play elves uh, i i like the elf um now i tend to play human Nice. Is there hey, a punchline to that? No, no, there's no punchline at all. <laughs> I was, I was waiting for something to come out of that one. I was waiting for a because. Well, if you want a because, <laughs> the because is, for me, it's a lot more interesting to explore humanity. I, I mean, I'm human, and I'm going to continue being human, and understore, uh, understanding how we can experience different things is more interesting to me than pretending to be somebody with pointy ears and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I, as I've gotten older, I just tend to prefer human over any other race now. What about you, Salty? Well, don't, this shouldn't be taken pejoratively, but the, the whole subject is, seems to me a bit like self-indulgent navel gazing because the only sentient creatures we know anything about are humans. Yeah. And so, you know, if we, if we say, okay, we're going to play a dwarf or an elf or a, a dragonborn or whatever the fuck else, um, it's all made up anyways, based on the psychological architecture of being human. You know, you want to be a weird human or a purple human or a diff- this human or a that human. Uh, how do you, how, you know, how do you play them differently and how do you not end up just being a human? The, 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 the subject of sitting across from somebody that's trying to be a halfling or an elf or a six dar- six arm space monster in a sci-fi thing is there, there's ranges, of course, and at the start, or depending on who's playing it and, and how much of a, a min-maxer or a, you know an R, or a role player they are, you may end up with a huge variety of the first or first two or three sessions going very differently. But then people do always end up settling, basically, from my perspective, into their own personalities. Um, you know, extremes thereof, typically. But if I think back over 25 years or 30 years of RPGing, the, the characters I ended up playing the most had a derivative personality of my own or a better personality than I have, 
one I was aspiring towards. But so so saying, you know, why do people pick a dwarf and then end up just playing them like a human is because you can't do anything else in my mind. Have you and Scott been comparing notes? <laughs> it's called reality. Yeah, I know. I was just like, I was just thinking. I was like, okay, Scott. I know you'll have something to say about this one. <laughs> yeah, and sorry. I know you guys invited me on here, and, oh. and and I was I was preloaded with the subject matter, and yeah. and this has always been my thought that you know I love uh, getting into a character and, and creating a personality for them, but I have no idea what a dwarf would be like. And if you do, <laughs> it gets back to what Scott was talking about. You're just being racist. Are they just drunks? That like, <laughs> that like gold? Is that the depth of a dwarf other than their height and their thumb length? Or a, uh, sh- a shitty Scottish accent that you can't do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My Scott, well, it depends how drunk I am. But, uh, yeah. um, but, but, but I mean, otherwise, is it, is, it, is it personality tropes? You know, what is role-playing is a different race, particularly fantasy races, wherein the the basis in reality comes from, you know, long established, but maybe two generations worth of of fiction. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is like a lot of folks will want to say like, oh, you know, the elves and dwarves, they're, you know, we know them from the Eddas and the sagas. That's partially true, but not 100%. The elves of D&D are not the the Alphar of the Eddas. There's not even fucking remotely close to being what the were written down in the Norse and uh, Germanic myths in general. Um, so to draw on that is just, it's, it's nonsense. You know, most people draw on Tolkien's influences on, on what he wrote about the elves and the dwarves and, you know, the hobbits, AKA halflings because TSR got sued back in the day. But yeah, you're not wrong. It's just, this interesting concept though, is that are certain personalities attracted to certain, uh, fantasy races right as soon as you said it i was like oh now i really got to think about some of the people i've gained with that i know they play the same shit over and over again well to me that's a hard yes yeah uh because you know i'll I'll end up playing a a tiefling or a dragonborn because you can be a brusque asshole uh and and get away with it in, in 5e for example um i got really excited somebody promised me that they'd run a one of the newer Star Wars games, and I'm sorry, I'm a idiot. I have no other idea what's out right now. So yeah, it's the Star Wars Final game, Fantasy, and you can play the six arm dude like from the Han Solo story. I'm like, yeah, I want to play that guy. He was cool, and he seems like um like a, a, a happy go lucky halfling type, but you know, with six arms and 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 whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know, you you break it down into the the compartments of your personality. And which one of them seems to fit best? Are you uh, a brooding, tough uh, uh, individual? Are you, uh, you know, a, a sharp-witted cad? Are you a, a hero? Are you selfless? And then you just take whatever racial tropes that have been applied to this via fantasy, and those make for natural fits. Um, I, I'm flexing my role-playing, if not necessarily acting ability, currently in a, in a game where I'm playing an old Inuit woman. Because I thought, fuck it, I always just play type A, asshole, blaster caster, you know, uh, not hero types, but, you know, run up, do some damage, crow about it, you know, be happy, take your accolades, need a heal once in a while. And I'm playing the complete opposite at the moment. And it's hard. I, I have no idea how to speak, you know, other than just saying, okay, guys, I can't, I'm not going to make up a voice for this this person, but I'm a pacifist. Uh, she's never used a weapon. Now she, you know, can 
hurt things via different means in the game. But it's it's it is definitely a strange out of my comfort zone uh, uh, character to play. And I look back, I'm like, huh, I don't think I've ever gotten this far outside my zone before, and I'm not sure I'm enjoying it, to be honest. <laughs> it's 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 interesting to uh, poke into different corners of a game rule system set. But would I rather just go back to playing my drunken Tempest cleric or whatever the fuck it is and, and get to go back to my old personality? Probably. Because then you don't have to fake it or, or, or force it. Right. I don't know how many people that get into role playing are really role players or actors or if you just like the escapism. And that's not a criticism by any stretch. No, that's, uh, that's definitely fair. Like, there is definitely different types of um, players out there that like to do different things. Like, um, I personally, I'm one of those ones where I like trying to switch it up. Like, I do definitely do have the f***ed up, um, I think Scott referred to it once as the kind of gonzo characters, which are probably one of my more favorite to play. But at the same time, I've played that Warhammer game um, that me and Finder are in. I'm actually playing, I'm trying to play a hyper-logical... Um, like ad uh, adeptus mechanicus like pretty much like a half human half robot like person and it's fun trying to get into that mood and sometimes i agree it's definitely hard or i've played in back in my 5e days i played as a really really old monk and i don't know for me i love trying to dig into like you know the races or uh what exactly it is and i've actually found my favorite ones are the ones that are kind of ugly the ones that are almost kind of tainted like the goblin i don't like like i've played a game well we've done quite a few sessions as i as i played a goblin and i kind of like it because it's almost like that one that everyone kind of looks at and it's like oh why the hell are you playing that i like characters like the cobalts which got like even i think in 5e they still got like a negative to their roles but it was because it was an interesting kind of concept uh even uh pathfinder my favorite was the rattling because I was like, there's just so many interesting concepts that you can really tackle with a rattling that it just seemed more entertaining. But that's I that's just kind of mean how I like to tackle them. But yeah, no, I see what you mean by, you know, even saying all we know is humans for sentience. And so why wouldn't we kind of put everything into that same kind of category? Well, we, we by definition have no idea how to do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. No, not at all. And then, like, it's interesting because, you know, Santa, by your own admission, he, you're the opposite of, you know, my least favorite type of human being on the planet Earth, which are the f***ing uh, munchkins. You don't even look at the mechanical advantages of a race. You look at the, you know, just from playing with you, you tend to look at what fun factor can I have, but not as an asshole and not mechanically. You tend to, like you said, you tend to really get into okay, this is like a downtrodden or a castigate species. So how can I kind of force people to like you, yeah. right? Is how you role play, which is always interesting, you know. And then the opposite of that are, you know, the min-maxers, you know, who need the, everything to be calculated on a spreadsheet from levels, yeah. whatever to whatever. And it's just like, okay, cool story. But now you're really not picking the, the race you want to play. You're picking the mechanics you want. Yeah, and I don't know. I think that's some, one thing, reason why a lot of people end up kind of, you know, picking other races but still playing them as humans is the fact that you're right. A lot of people just go for, well, I'm doing a ranger. Right. Sorry, I got just D and D beyond. Them. No, it's fine. It's, it's the it's the most it's the most ubiquitous terms. Yeah, and so it's like, oh, well, I'm doing a ranger. 
or not a ranger because nobody plays rangers if they're trying to min max um but i'm playing uh a rogue and so i'm definitely going to be a tabaxi because i get natural talents from this i get natural talents from that this works for my charisma this works for my being able to hide in the dark my agility like and i don't know i think that everyone and i i, I hate to say it i kind of blame video games for that <laughs> i mean you know look man this shit's been around for a while if you look at old old dragon magazine had stats for this i mean with my in my experience i'd say that two-thirds of people are out to play a game like a video game for the yeah. most part for better or worse mm-hmm. that's not saying that that's the wrong way to play these games because you're you're sitting around the table i mean pre-covid sitting around the table with all your buddies rolling dice drinking beer shooting the shit, chatting about shit for better and worse again with how much you stay on topic. But it is yeah. a very social game. And if they just want to play a video game, but now they get to do it with dice and, and their friends around the table, yucking it up once every two weeks, that's, I mean, I certainly don't criticize anybody for yeah. that. No. You see people that are uh, uncomfortable trying to do a voice, particularly if one or two people or if the DM are strong voice actors or role players or actors in general, and they want yeah. to really get into a character uh, that can be intimidating for a new player or for someone that just wants to socialize while playing video games, which is in effect, no different than what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the, the last, the other third of, of folk that really want to get into it to explore, to stretch their imagination or their, you know, their, their own psych psychology or whatnot. That's, I think it tends to get washed under unless you have a, a an intense group of all people playing the same way because it can take a long time to role play and particularly in games that focus on combat which suck uh you there's no point in even bothering what what do you use to do your damage your turn is over jeff yep. uh and and we don't care about the rest of it and the, the rise of the, the more narrative style games I, I have never played one, unfortunately. At least it'll give more room to for for the that last third or twenty five percent, whatever it is, that really want to, you know, make something more of it than just a video game. Yeah. So, but but I mean, in what I'm designing with Nuido, it's there's lots of rewards in video games that you don't get in tabletops. Like I'm I'm playing to that. People enjoy video games, and there's a lot of overlap between audiences uh, for, for, you know, not bad reasons either. And so taking the good from video games and trying to port them into uh, a tabletop experience, recognizing that you're going to have trouble with things like uh, role-playing if you're focusing or at least advertising towards a group that really likes their video games. It's a, I, I mean, I guess it's a, it's a tightrope to walk, but I, I don't... I don't look down on people that play TTRPGs like like video games because ultimately most of us will probably just get done this and go play that later anyways. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I talk a lot. I'm just looking. No, at no, it. no. It's good. <laughs> we, I realized we also didn't only 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 Finder answered the the goddamn question apparently. Uh, of, of what, what was race, the question again? What, what race <laughs> we tend to play in a, in a That's because I game. pay attention to the questions being <laughs> sorry, asked. I'm sorry. Hey, I also say it. I played the ugly ones. You did? All right. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And I don't really play that much, so I don't know. Yeah. When I do play, I tend to play a human. Um, yeah. Or usually a half elf or a half elf just because it's fun to... It's fun to put a face to what is normally traditionally considered 
someone, and this is probably because how I grew up, you know, just white trash and you look down upon. And then I'll also normally play like paladins or highly charismatic characters um, to, to reverse that at the table. You know, probably I'm working out some therapy and other issues. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, Another thing I was actually going to bring up, uh, uh, Russ, your game of uh, new, new Edo. The one thing which I don't know if I'm on the ball with this one, but like when you look at like a bunch of races when it comes to like D and D, where you have like the furbog or the bugbear or like any like an orc, like yeah, you're gonna play them mostly as humans because they're kind of meant to be that way. But with yours, you have like yours are more animalistic in a sense, like you know, well, not in a sense they are. Like you have like the kappa, you have like I'm sorry, I don't remember all the names of things. I'm horrible. Yeah, 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 no, no, it's it is it is. Uh, there's 10 playable races and six of them are based on animals. Yeah. And I honestly think that makes it almost a little bit easier to do those kind of role play due to the fact that we have a point of reference in a real world to be able to do it. Like if I'm playing like a rabbit, like a rabbit character, I would have an idea of how rabbits would react. Like you would of course put the human touch to them because at the end of the day, they're all still technically human in your game. Uh, it's just, you know, how, uh, I forget what was that? Like they pretty much, oh, they, it wasn't awoken. Well, what happened? Like the, they just started it. Oh yes. So, so the, the, the lore concept in a way though is, is that belief defines reality. And so people believe in their monsters for so long and those monsters become real. Um, and the, the lineages that are playable in the game, uh, are, based on thousands of years of humans believing the things that go bump under the bed and the, the playable ones are the good guys. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, some of them are furry and friendly and, and you know, the Fox people and the cat people and, and whatnot. And some of them are borderline Kappa, you know, these are bad guys in, in cultural history for the most part, or at least not necessarily good guys. And then Oni uh, demons and whatnot. But but yeah, everything in Nuido for the most part is yeah. something you'll recognize, and it makes it a lot easier. What the f- does a fox act like? I don't know, skittish and beautiful. Who who knows? We, these are things that ride around in our, yeah. our our common psyches because you've seen them in your backyard. And curious, uh, and yeah, like you're able yeah. to draw on your own experience. Well, like even with like, I'm just gonna say a dwarf. It's like, what do we know? Well, they have a Scottish accent, so. Literally, that's how we base it off of almost entirely is a Scottish accent. And on top of that, why is everyone in fantasy always talking in an English accent? Makes it more believable for anachronism. Yeah, any know. European accent will will pull you into uh, an, an anachronistic uh, hmm. mind frame. I'd like to see a fantasy with all of them in American accents. That would be hilarious. There is one. Robin Hood, Prince of yeah. Thieves. Why you're bullshitting. All right. Good, good point. Um... But yeah, uh, anyone got anything else to add to that one before we hop on to the next one? No, keep going. We always circle back, well, so we always come around to the, the same shit. So, well, <laughs> that's uh, that's very fair. Why in most settings do we maintain the villainilla D and D Tolkien s races, regardless of genre? Like it always Ooh. like, yeah, like Shadowrun, like pretty much all Tolkien s kind of characters. If you look at pretty much anything that comes out a lot of them just kind of go with the same generic one. Why is that? Well, I think that'll come back to how many variations on human personalities can you make up 
that would be enjoyable for somebody to play. And if you make up something that is slightly different, you know, um, uh, uh, the old school, and, and, and pardon me for, 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 you know, referring back to 1990 but uh, what was it, EverQuest 1? They didn't call anybody a dwarf or an elf or stuff like that, but they just took the same personality types, called them something else, and, and put them on the screen. That's pointless because we all just thought there's an elf, there's a dwarf, yeah. whatever. You know, and this, this happens all the time in fantasy and science fiction where you just somebody's going to reskin the personality of an elf or a dwarf or a halfling or, or what have you. Uh, why bother? Yeah. There's only so many variations on personality tropes stick to what you know and 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 you know why why call it something else i i just gonna say we have a lot of literature that tell us how elves behave because we have stories about them tolkien etc um so it's easier for us to draw upon that as a reference point as well even though like you said it's written by human it's it's humans in funny clothes whatever you want to call it but in our make-believe world, that is a point of reference that says, oh, elves are graceful and they use the bow and they they are these emo-type uh, characters. So I, I can I can latch onto that. Um, whereas the dwarf is the, the drunkard that's like out there just being being rowdy and, and obnoxious. And, and we know that elves and dwarves hate each other because of reasons and so it, it gives people something a, a basis from which to draw their their own make-believe character on actually it there is. yeah let me jump in this is totally yeah. maybe not the 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 answer to the question here but if if the only race available in any of these games was human people would just play themselves all the time mm-hmm. you would you know switch it up and try to be a crusader here and there or you try to be a uh, uh, whatever you change your personality a little bit, but it's harder to get out of your shoes when when you're not actually imagining yourself in a different skin. So I think that it these the the the, the classic fantasy races, vanilla as you call them here, they are good for at least an introduction of people pretending to not be themselves anymore. Whether or not that's success successful, at least it puts a um, a flavor on. Day one, first time you're sitting around the table trying to play a, a role-playing game with a bunch of, whether friends or strangers, and you're not an actor, you're not in drama class, you ne- have no desire to be on TV, you really like this stuff, and here you are, and people are expecting you to use a voice? Well, fuck, I guess you better play a dwarf then, so at least you can bring out your grandma's <laughs> Scottish accent, right? And if we were all just playing humans, you'd feel like an ass if you did anything but just play yourself or yeah. somebody like you. Uh, I, I think that it is a, it's a, it's an acting mechanism or a, sorry, a, a, a prop to shoe, shoehorn us into expanding the way that we we uh, bring our personalities out at the table. Um, I had never thought about that before. That that there's such a good tool for letting us have more fun in a different way than you had fun last week, or that you might have had fun without these tools, and and. Clearly, this is on the list of questions here. Why do people want to see more fantasy race or races in, in RPGs? More fluff, more options, mm-hmm. even if it's just a plus two strength or a you know advantage on this or something statistical, and then you, half the people will and half the people will not take advantage of that from a min-max perspective. 
it's just a you know you're kind of poking into the corners of your own psyche to see like oh i would have fun playing that what would that be like like this six-armed goddamn someone's got to look up the name of this thing the six-armed star wars fantasy creature i'm like that is me that's me i want to play that guy i love that guy in the movie i want to play this guy like i can do this and it would it brought out this whole different personality or or acting or, or role-playing obviously that if you just said, okay, Rust, you want to play a, a character in the Star Wars universe, I'd say, yeah, I guess I'll be a stormtrooper because I always miss. Um, but. <laughs> well, you know, and th- so, th- I mean, yeah, everyone is right. And the real secret reason is, is because everyone just f- wants them. I know everyone gets big excited <laughs> when they see all kinds of crazy stuff. And they're like, oh, I can't wait to play a Knoll. You're not going to play a null. You're going to play a null for a couple of sessions. You're going to get bored or you're going to try to do it. Even Critical Role, they all went crazy on their second season. And it's like, stop. You know what you're doing. And you can see it in their in their behaviors. You can see it in most tables. It's like you're everybody just simply wants human, elf, dwarf, halfling. They love it. They need it. It's in their hearts. I mean, let's look at some statistics. There's like... I think it's of, uh, you know, so many characters made on D- 100,000 characters made on D&D and Beyond in uh, by 2017. Uh, almost 5,000 were human. The next race is elf at 1,000. Hmm. Yeah. Wait, so out of 100,000 made that the highest pop percentage was 5%? So, so you got to go down. Sorry, let me go across the chart. So it's 5 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So 25% of the characters made were all human. And the next oh, okay. is elf, and it's only like 16%. Oh. And then it goes uh, to dwarf, which is 10, uh, dragonborn, which is 9, tiefling, which is 8, uh, and then it just starts to collapse from there. Well, keep it in mind too that you got to pay that dollar ninety nine if you want to play. True statement. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, as much as I, I embrace this shit, but yes. I'm not paying a dollar ninety nine to play that mm. extra stuff. No, but a hundred thousand character sample isn't isn't going to isn't wrong on on what people are really doing. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of characters, and it really says a lot. You know, and it's like we were I talking. Mean, I, I prob- honestly, I probably made about half of those. So, <laughs> so I definitely skewed that statistic. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like Tiefling is not really popular <laughs> except for uh, shocking Warlock, which is the min maxer wet dream for a Tiefling, right? And you can kind of see where these stats fall out. It's really interesting chart of right. like, oh, okay, I see what people are doing, and you can really see where they're what they're doing and what they're up to and why they're playing those character types. You know, like uh, we were before this, uh, Santa wasn't aware of you know where all the Tiefling craze really started which was fourth edition with the that the video is funny but it's still a stupid fucking video of the russian you know russian tiefling with a gnome and the gnome's a monster and now she's a hero instead of a monster and you know fast forward to fifth edition and you know what i think half the tieflings i ever listened to played on actual plays are russian whores you know it's just like okay cool cool story you guys have been doing the same character for you know since uh mid 2000 or early 2000s also, that name of that ra- of that one race from Star Wars, the Ebronites, E B R A N I T E S. Well, look at you. That's what I found yeah. as well. It's yeah. called the Power of Google. You old folks don't know how to use it properly. That's all. Hey, I did. I found that as well <laughs> on, on Wikipedia. <laughs> hey. Well, there you go. Yeah, look me at too. you. Me too. 
Yeah, no, actually, I think he might have hit it on the head, though, where it's just like people like to like they hop into like Elf and all that stuff. And although they are tending to play themselves, they're still it's enough of a change for them to be able to disassociate it directly with themselves while still being able to kind of, you know, have themselves in it. Yeah, that's it. Like, you know, it, it helps suspend disbelief which is important in all fantasy and but without draw you know without pushing that that disbelief so far that you can't suspend it you know a a tiefling or a dragonborn or a a knoll or whatever it is how many people can really put themselves in those shoes given that you know we we base our perspectives on these things on on media consumed whether that's books or movies or or anime or whatever it is uh there's we, we need a certain amount of data to form an opinion on what a knoll would act like at the dinner table or mm. when dividing up treasure or when negotiating with the mayor on what to do, that kind of crap. And if, without that much data, it's just a furry monster that you're like, ah, fuck, I don't know, I'm going to be a jerk. Uh, and, but an elf, you know what an elf will do. A dwarf, you know what a dwarf will do. And a halfling, you know what a halfling will do. Yeah. Yep. And so it makes it a lot easier to 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 pretend, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, the other thing is we play things a lot of times to explore an idealized version of ourselves, right? I mean, even if we're playing ourselves, we don't want to be ourselves. I, I don't play a game so that I can uh, roll dice to see, did I make that flow chart? Uh, <laughs> I, I play a game because I want to do something that I can't experience in my real life. And I want to feel like the big damn hero. Um, because I'm not a big damn hero in my real life. I mean, of the people on here, maybe Scott's the only one that can say, yeah, I, I played the big damn hero. <laughs> it's like, well, I can't. So, so I mean, I understand. I, I consider myself a min-maxer a lot of times, but I try to uh, balance that min-max with, uh, with a different personality than what I typically do. But I also have to, just for Scott's benefit, I have to min-max just to have a chance of success at, at something. It's like, well, me. Yeah, because you suck. Yeah, you do suck balls at rolling. But you're not <laughs> wrong on some of the um, – um, and how you play. Like I've never considered you a min-maxer because I've never heard you come at it from the angle of math at all. Not ever. You've never discussed it at all. Well, those dice wouldn't allow it anyways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're not wrong, too. And what you say is, you know, bringing up D&D again is in Pathfinder, any derivative thereof of a, of a D20 system. If you don't, you know, the games are now built. If you, if you don't take the right weapon for the right character class or the mm-hmm. right race, then the table is going to get big mad because now you're doing a disservice to the game because now you're going to make things, you know, God oh, forbid, totally. challenging for the party. Like, I play D&D, but I, I do spears and shields. I don't give a shit about longsword or greatswords and shit, as if I'm playing a fighter or a paladin. I could not care less. Those are boring, vanilla-ass weapons. I want something exciting. Um, a little off-topic, but I put yeah. something on the Discord, just for you guys to see, I since I'm on D&D Beyond for the first time ever. Um, in order to for to fight a monster that's uh, a cow on D&D Beyond, it'll cost you $1.99. Are you f- serious? Oh, look on the Wait. Discord. Wait, that's to purchase the statistics for a cow. Yeah, you no. can buy also like a big bundle. Okay, well, but... this is a whole different topic. You better put <laughs> okay. you, guys, you guys go down this rabbit hole for a sec. I'll be right back. Two seconds. Yeah, yeah sure. Oh man. 
<laughs> yeah, like I think you can buy a bulk of them for like 13, 14 bucks, but if you want to buy anything individually, it's two bucks. So I'm designing just... games wrong. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? You just gotta... Well, you're designing for the wrong system too, apparently. <laughs> not, not to make a pun here, but you just kind of got to milk it. No, but I'm funny. But I'm, I'm funny. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, but yeah, you know. And uh, Russ started it off pretty well with like, no matter what you play, whatever what you play, I guarantee you, in within five sessions, your ass is playing a human. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're still an elf, you're still playing a human, and you're gonna forget all about being a an elf. Because, like, uh, he was kind of alluding to it of, like, and so is Finer, like, not really understanding, like, the con- the conceptualization of a dragonborn. But you look at humanity through, let's be generous and say, 10,000 years of civilization and how much we hate each other just based on simple shit. Babylonians and Shumerians yeah. knew the difference between each other and hated each other. So now you want me to sit here and believe that your big, dumb, dragonborn, brass-colored ass is walking through a... Uh, a population human village of 98% humans and they're not going to look weird at you and yeah. shit. It's just going to make believe like it's, like I said, like it's a Starbucks in Portland. Nah, dog. That's not how <laughs> we're going to roll, right? That uncanny valley is real and human beings are very particular. And yeah, if you're playing a, you know, in air quotes, more monstrous kind of races, I you should expect some different kinds of role playing. You know, I'm not saying uh, the GMs are dicks. But yeah. A lot of people like to kind of you know, almost put that to the side where it's like, oh yeah, sure. Like even like my character, which in the Eberron's, uh, like in Eberron, at least like goblins, like they were part of society. It's just, they're kind of we're They're in the lowest ends. Which, yeah. You're in the cogs, yeah, which was charm. so much fun to play, uh, trying to hit children with, you know, pieces of wood with nails in it. Great. Well, uh, yeah. take that out of context as you may. Um, yeah. but I think one of the things away, like if anyone ever is like, well, I want to try and play my, race more like it's race it's not so much i don't think it's all just in the words so i think it's more in just even how you describe the situations like sure. if you're playing as let's say a dragonborn um you could even have like you can say like with your tail work yeah okay it's cumbersome but you can even make it almost like a tell for like when you're lying or you, you can use its own kind of like body towards sure. the role play aspect like for instance like you know if you're playing a red one like of course like you know you get a little angry a little puff of smoke comes out like you can do it in the description of how you're setting the scene and not just simply yeah. in like well i blah 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 character character and you just talk like a human right. of course it's going to be a human but it, yeah i think people need to interject a little bit of that of that theater of the mind theatrics into it in order to better exemplify what exactly your character is like you know how many times does what does a play a person who's playing a dwarf talk about how you know oh it's hard for them to you know get to the top you know to actually get that beer from that uh from the tavern just because the bartender just slides it there and he's trying to reach up they don't ever do that for some reason all of a sudden everything is in that perfect size for him yeah well so how much in in uh i i jump back in after getting a beer here so i have no idea what you guys are talking about i'm just going to interject how much of this in in your perspective on this conversation when people role-playing or not other races has been biased by the last two years of playing on playing virtually 
I've found that it's impossible to f- role play virtually. There's just not tough. enough time. People are talking over each other, yeah. not necessarily intentionally. At a table, I yeah. can hear you. You can hear me. I can role play with the guy next to me, the, the girl across the way. We can joke and, and, and vibe off each other. But everyone has to take a turn on VTT. Mm-hmm. And then when you're taking your turn, you kind of just want to get the hell out the way because you're, you're holding up everyone else from having their fun. It has been the death of role playing in the two or three groups that I'm in. And this sucks. is where I was made for this generation. Yeah, I was made for COVID. I've been v- I've been VTT for twenty plus years, <laughs> and that's no joke. That is true. Seriously. And so then, in your experience with VTT, do you have, have you ever played on the table? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I I, okay. I grew up with uh, first edition. Okay. Okay, okay. Like like so, the so old. You've got, you've got the comparison basic. at least, right? But yeah, you're just yeah, yeah. you just enjoy this far more. Is what you're saying? No, it's not that I oh. enjoy it far more. Some some of the aspects I do enjoy more on VTT. Some I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been pushed into this because I live in Kentucky. My friends live in New Jersey. Some more friends live in Arizona. And the only way we could keep our group together was to get online. And so we've been using like. Back in the day when Open RPG was the only VTT, we went there because we wanted to keep gaming. And I was, we were all living in areas where there wasn't a big gaming scene. So to find people to game with was not happening. So we just went online and we've been playing that way for the past, uh, like I said, 20 plus years, simply because we've had to, uh, to keep our group together. So, um, this is also an old established group, so we know how each other works. And, and yeah, we, yeah, yeah, well yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't have that problem that a lot of people do. Is like, well, I don't have a consistent group. Yeah, and I even have like three yeah. consistent groups. Yeah, and even like um, how like me, Scott, and Finder actually met was Scott put up literally a game on Roll Twenty, and there was two other people that joined. One of them kind of washed out uh, due to um bad manners i'm just gonna say that um i don't know how to put it but like i i think it also i think you're right where it does especially with the role like with the role play aspect i think it it is a little bit harder on virtual but i think in reality it's all depends kind of on the people because i've played in groups i used to play with a group and all that and it, it's just the level of engagement that someone's willing to put into it. Like we had one, like a person in it who when it wasn't their turn for combat or any, or like the role play thing was nothing they were really interested in. They would talk to the person next to them. They would go on their phone. They would do this. And with like me finder, me and him kind of almost, we had a, a virtual click, I guess you could call it where, he was the way he was playing i really liked how he was like doing the role play and it was similar to my style in the way that i reacted so me and him instantly our characters kind of gravitated towards each other because it was just a lot of fun um so i think virtual has made it harder but i don't think besides the fact that a lot of people will talk over each other and you know everyone kind of wants to have their voice i think if you got the right people which i've been definitely blessed with um and several games i i don't i don't think it's the death of it i think it just makes it easier for people to ignore it because they don't have to look at the person in front of them yeah and here's where virtual and and, 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 yeah you're not wrong virtual makes it really tough but here's the one thing i think virtual really gives us and you can do this at the table if you really want to do it 
but still the physical presence is going to spoil it. On the virtual, if you turn your cameras off and turn your avatars into what you're playing, that really helps out with, oh, I'm not looking at, you know, you know, Nancy, the accountant, I'm looking at this, you know, tiefling wizard, or I'm yeah. not looking at Ralph, I'm looking at this dragonborn or this Goliath. And that's where virtual really can help out with say with getting, getting out of the mindset of like, okay, cool story. You're, you're trying to be funny voices and, but I'm still staring at you and, you know, you know, you know exactly. that's a, that's a, that's a, I play in a regular group when we play 5e because it's, the, the folks that I have in the new town I moved to, and I'm lucky to be playing any games at all right now. Uh, and this is my regular weekly group. And we get, you know, probably three weeks a month we manage to get in. And I'm new to a group of folks that have been playing together probably since high school. And so we're all, they're, you know, 25-year friends, and I'm the stranger. Yeah. Uh, and they've, you know, welcomed me, and, and, you know, one of them's a neighbor, and we drink beer together occasionally and come by for a fire or whatnot. But playing together on discord there there's a culture of you have to have your camera on and they'll kind of chirp you if you don't and i respect that because you want to feel like you're hanging out with your friends particularly during covid right everyone's locked in your basement or in your your game room or wherever your computer is and so to see your friends is is very nice but that's an amazing suggestion of sorry guys don't turn on your fucking camera put on your icon um to if if tonight is going to be an RP night, uh, you know, yeah. if, if we're trying to focus on not just hack and slash or dungeon crawls or whatever it is, I'm going to recommend that. But, I mean, they're going to boo me and probably kick me out. And I'm, I'm not going to have any friends. <laughs> and I'm going to have to go back to making new friends, which is strange as a 42-year-old adult male. But, but hey, you know, it's worth a crack, right? Yeah. No, hey, do sure. you, you want to be my friend? <laughs> you know, I'll tell you though that that sounds like something that is unique to the younger generations as well. Because nobody in the groups that I play with that are my age, none of us play with cameras. We hate being on camera. Yep. And my sons, when I play with my kids, are like, "Hey, Dad, we should start streaming this." I'm like, "I have no desire to start streaming this because I don't do funny voices, and I don't." Have think you I'm seen a my face? I, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no one needs to look at that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and and these guys that, that I'm playing with are all in our. I would say they're probably all within a year or two of forty. So it isn't young folks, um, as much as we like to pretend. So it, it isn't a younger generation. I think it's because these are a group of tight knit friends uh, that miss each other, and this yeah. is a great way to hang out. Yeah. And I respect that a ton. And 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 I don't want to fuck it up. But it also, like, we've just started a new campaign and we're trying to focus on RP a little bit. Uh, and this would be a great way to do it. But yeah, fuck, I don't put my face on camera. God damn it, I'm on Zoom meetings and I have to wear a, you know, put on a collared shirt during the day when I'm wearing no pants. It's bad yeah. enough. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, try it. I'm curious to see if uh, they go for it. Because, yeah, it's, it's the one thing I've noticed. I'm like, hey, you want to do some serious gaming? Cool. I just want to look at your, you know, I want to get your elf. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see what happens. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll report back. There you go. We got homework assignments now. 
<laughs> if, if it fails for you, if you lose your friends, uh, reach out to me. I'll be your friend. There you go. Sweet. <laughs> Honey, I just made a new friend. <laughs> no, I'm on the internet again. Yeah. Let's get a hold of ourselves. Let's get a hold of ourselves. I'll be your yeah, friend. Right. I'm a loser. Okay. Love you too. <laughs> I, I, keep meeting, I keep meeting strange men on the internet. Yeah. It seems fine. <laughs> the 90s all over. <laughs> oh my god, that's a title for an episode. Meeting strange men on the internet. Right there. Okay. Yeah. yeah, cool. We'll talk about fighting gaming groups or you know what you do about a shit gaming group. <laughs> I like it. Not like that literally I... that chick that took a shit and didn't flush in my tiny little apartment. That's just like, crazy. God damn, man. She, and imagine 450 square feet and she wasn't a small girl and it was a small bathroom in a small apartment. Yeah. Oh, I think game etiquette. That's so that's there you go. That's that's the topic for their little shit group thing. <laughs> <laughs> Gamer etiquette. Because man. Flush. Yeah. God. Just, yeah, I don't, yeah, man. I went on a tirade on one of our shows about my experience at shows? a recent con. Oh my God. I fucking hate this hobby some days. Yeah. You know what? Yes, but also. Oh, I love I don't this know. hobby. I've, I've, I, I love this hobby, and the people I've met from this hobby have, most of them have been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's the rare yeah. birds. Yeah, it's the rare birds, and then you know you start a podcast or something with them. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, deal hole. <laughs> hey, that was a pot. That was. What? I don't know. Was that a backhanded compliment? No, that was no. just a compliment. No, yeah. What? What yeah, are you talking about? Man. Yeah. You get a deal hole. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's not a compliment. Shut he up. He called him... me a deal hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, sorry, just typing down. I we hear you typing. Well, it's not my fault that you actually know it is my fault. I got it a is your fault. mechanical keyboard. Hipster. Anyway, so people can't play races properly <laughs> except for human. They're going to pretend like they can. Then they're going to fall back onto their own self, which is why you're going to have the prick elf yeah. or the, uh, you know, the coy dwarf, right? Completely the antithesis yeah. of whatever the species are written as <laughs> because yeah. the players themselves are, you know, not going to do well. Which is, you know, just, it is what it is, man. Yeah. It is what it is. So, since we have two RPG creators in the room right now, and, Mm -hmm. you know, two rookies, is the whole multiple race uh, kind of a selling point for an RPG? Does it (laughs) sell better when there's more, like, races? You have no idea. No, I don't. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for the answer too. I, I, I've, I, yes, I, I'm waiting for the experts to say to tell me what I what's mean, going on. Absolutely, players want choices. They want the illusion of choice. Um, so whatever you can do to facilitate that is correct. And uh, I think, I think maybe it was Russ you were talking about. Like sometimes you'll call you call the races different things. Holy shit! When I wrote OSNR. And I used actual, you know, some uh, philologist by uh, by trade, and then uh, military by profession. Um, I use actual linguistics and philology to create the names of all the different races. And in parentheses, I even wrote elf. You know, you can feel the sarcasm. Holy shit! People still whine and complain. Well, I don't understand why you called it this. I can't even pronounce this. How's it pronounced, B- bitch? How you want to pronounce it? I'm not Tolkien. I'm not writing you a pronunciation uh-huh. guide. You tell me how you pronounce the word. I just put a bunch of consonants and some vowels together because it looked neat and it made sense based on the, the linguistic family it was derived from. Ultimately, you can just say elf. 
but yeah, man, people. So choices of races are fundamentally important in the right game. Um, other settings really doesn't matter, right? Like it just is what it is. Um, you're probably going to play only human or maybe only orcs. Like, whoa, what was the name of the game? Shit. Orc and uh, fuck, Blood and Bones is a post-apocalyptic D&D setting where you play the monster races. Yeah. Um, because the humans and the elves and they have, they've died off and they failed. Um, so something like that. Right. Uh, but you're still getting the choices. So can't confirm on the choices. I mean, yeah. uh, new, new those, my first game, uh, I came out and launched it with six or seven playable options. And by the end of the Kickstarter it was up to 10. Yeah, because see. I added stretch goals saying A or B. You know, I'll let the, the <laughs> I'll let the fan base decide. I, I had already preconceived of these things as non-player characters, you know, beings in the world. So why not let them add them to the list of playable characters um, or playable races? And uh, the feedback was unanimously give us both right now, or I'll come to your house and set it on fire. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and the vitriol, and, and it wasn't all vitriol. There was, there was a lot of positivity and excitement for both yeah. of them and severe disappointment when I'd suggest that democracy had spoken that one was going to be the one. Oh man, I can't, man, fuck, are you going to put out an expansion? Like, Oh God, no, I'm just going to put them out. You guys can have them both. Jesus, I wasn't expecting this response. And yeah. like, that's an embarrassment of riches for me for, for data and for a learning experience from a, a dev perspective that people really want that variety. Now, I feel I've, I've pushed my luck. There's 10 in the game. And is that too many? To me, it seems like too many. But then yeah. how many hours did I spend looking up that goddamn six-armed monster in the, the Star Wars book because there's a whole book of them. And yeah. statistically, they're all just bland recreations of the other ones, right? Yeah. But I spent probably a week going through that. Now, I designed my game because I'm a geek that can spend dozens of hours making a level one 5e character when there's only really two choices. What race and what class you want to play, you're done. That's it. That's all you get. You can, you can make up a 5e character in three minutes. Uh, and roleplay it however you want. But uh, Noedo is built to, well, it takes hours and hours and hours to make a character, which is not for everybody, but is for the people like me that love that process. And so providing those options is is integral, I guess. Um, the The market had spoken. You know, everyone said we want more. Even though, uh, I mean, I don't think any of them are unique intentionally none of them are unique this was all made up based on lore and mythology uh and so nothing was supposed to be just sprung from russ's imagination um but the 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 demand for it is is massive i mean you look at most expansion books for any game are what else can you play classes sure but but races we want to see what races we can play and i don't think that that's more than half min maxers because i love that crap I love, you know, I'd, I'd like to optimize a little bit, but I really like to play a orc necromancer. Well, that's not a good combination. Who cares? It's tons of fun. Um, and so when these source books and expansions come out to dig into the new lore a little bit and just options and, and to lay there, <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm a geek, to lay there at night and think about, man, what could I combine between my, and just tropes, races and classes, to put these together into something fun that will really motivate me. 
Um, and if, well, and I'm going to shut up for a second and let anyone else talk, but there's a, one or two games out there that do not give you that option that are somehow bananas successful. And I, and I look at that, I'm like, would these be made worse or better by expanding on these options? Which ones? L5R. Oh, yeah. Well, so L5R, everyone plays the exact same yeah. character, a human samurai. Sure, your shirt's red and your shirt's blue. Yeah, that's yep. the only difference. When yep. you get at level three, everyone gets the same thing. Yeah, like, and, on, and on top of that, it's almost always the same two to three clans. Sure, but even between yeah. the clans, and now, sorry, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love that game. That game is amazing. Yeah. I spent you can spend hours and hours and hours in that game without doing anything besides arguing with your friends. Yep, <laughs> and yep. getting experience points for it. Yeah, um, but that. That the world, for some reason, I don't know whether it's the devs or just the lore behind it being so geeky and close to all our hearts, um, that will make it fun for everyone to have the exact same character. Basically, yeah. are you a bigger samurai? Are you a slightly faster? We're all human samurais. What do we do? We literally chop people up. That's the only solution to problems in this game. Yeah. Um, but it has a massive player base. People get passionate about it. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen so many people get in fights at tables based on because it's well bushido and all this stuff that everyone likes to pretend yeah. they know anything about <laughs> and, and, you. I watched YouTube. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but but there's a good example of a game that would probably be ruined by introducing even a single alternate playable race and pardon me i have no idea what's out there for its various iterations since 2004 or whatever but yeah no do they have playable races now in, in uh, any of the l5r expansions not that i'm or aware newer of. editions not that i'm aware of yeah. You know, the other one, though, that's super successful would be Mothership. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mothership, yeah. you only play a human, right? You no, know, Android, but same difference. Yeah. You could even say that about, uh, was it, uh, was it Deadlands? I mean, yeah, Deadlands, right? You play yeah. all humans. That's massively popular. Yeah. And everyone's a gunslinger with magic. <laughs> you know, I, I know. We're going to get shit on for that. Not everyone plays a gunslinger with magic, but... That's the idea. Yeah, in L5R, I tried to play a spellcaster well, the first time I played it, and it was boring is not the right word, but I don't think the GM was ready for me to want to actually have conversations with the spirits of the land, you know? Yeah. You know, they were more interested in, like, like Russ said, the samurai of cutting shit up and doing court intrigue, and I'm like, cool story, but I'm going to go out in the garden and I'm going to contemplate the Tao and how it f and where the Tao is between you know the the hairs of the rabbit. You're making me want to play this game, by the way. Oh, L5R is a very fun game. Yeah, you'll lose friends, but look. those will be the friends that you should have lost years ago and you just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, I've already lost them all, anyways. <laughs> There's something about Bushido that really gets geeks going. That's because it's the same. Do you know what Bushido is? L5R is a codification of nonsense about the samurai sword being the greatest f weapon on earth. It's the nuclear bomb of the ancient world. And I have bad news. It was made from pig iron bullshit. It's not the greatest weapon ever made. No, uh, no, no, no. I mean, I, I know this, this cult of the Katana thing from <laughs> F5R statistics, <laughs> yeah. but, but uh, so as, as a, a backstory, like before I was anywhere near to sharing Rito, I ran a year-long campaign in 5e Eberron, yeah. 
um, as the back story to, to help to have people help me build the history of my world, which is, nice. you know, halfway through the 21st century is what, the setting of, of my game. And so I thought, okay, what's a fun way to set the history of it? Well, I've got a mix of fantasy and science fiction, so Eberron's perfect. Yeah. And I just ported it onto a feudal J- Japan setting, uh, but with all the races and all that crap. And the, my, my play group fell the fuck apart. They were fighting constantly over honor and, and glory and Bushido and things that we never gave a fuck about before. And none of them, frankly, as far as I could tell, were particular, and I don't mean this pejoratively, weebs. Like, n- no one really gave a shit. No one was really hardcore into it. But when you open up that door, everyone's got a different idea of what the right way to do it is. And I, I think we are all having fun, but I got more text messages at 3 a.m. from players angry at other players during that campaign. It made me feel like an amazing <laughs> DM, of course. Oh, man. Like, why the f*** are you guys still talking about this? Leave me the f*** alone. But, you know, it, it, it certainly was telling that this is something that motivates uh, players and, 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 you know, gets people excited. Because if I had been playing various games with this group for two years at that point, and everyone got along just fine. One or two players were a little bit more annoying than the other. One or two players never really bothered to do anything except swing a sword. But, you know, that's a, it was a great table. We hung out outside of the game. This game started, and Bushido basically turned everyone into a psychopath. Yeah. And it was cool from a DM perspective. <laughs> I had to turn my phone off at night. But <laughs> just wholly unexpected. And, and I mean, it, it gave me great hope for addicting people to the game I was writing for commercial success. Yeah, sure. Well, Bushido, <laughs> Bushido tends to be the ultimate also, like, that's what my character would do. Yeah. With oh, a very... Sh- an excuse? Yeah, yeah, like, with a very shitty Western-oriented, right, because most players are probably going to be Western-born, uh, understanding of Bushido and, you know, it's a whole different rabbit hole to go down. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah, you know. The, the, you know, we're on the subject of, of RP and races and whatnot, but the, it's what my character would do um, <laughs> is the last line of defense for an asshole. Uh, and because, you know, a good RPer will sit around and find a way to basically recognize everyone's there to have fun. Why else hang out with your friends? Right? I, yep. I think, for the most part. And here comes Finder with his story of his paladin. <laughs> please now that I've, I, now that I put my foot in my mouth I'm like oh this is probably like the third week in a row that this story will be brought up but right. I still want to hear it go for it well I prayed to he, he asked his god if it was evil so he had to go down and fight it now metagame wise Rich Viner really wanted to fight something well of course yeah <laughs> so but and I was totally prepared. That paladin was totally prepared to let his friends go off and do their thing. He was going to go do it by himself. That's okay. But uh, but yeah, he had to go down and fight that. He just barrel thing. To. So he had ended to. up cause, he ended up causing an entire TPK. Oh f- no no! Uh-oh. I did not take your agency. The paladin oh. did not take anybody's agency. She stole my agency, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we couldn't just like leave you down there to die on your own. Like, uh, you could have actually. I was well prepared for it. You know, that's why in any game in the future, if Finder's like, 
I'm going to do this. My first instinct will be, and this is metagame knowledge that I will definitely use in the future. I'm going to say nope and walk in the other direction. <laughs> Dumbass. So there you go. <laughs> so uh, Finder did what his character would do. And, yep. uh, you know. But you're not totally wrong. A lot of times, Finder wanted to do. Yeah, a, a, a lot of times it definitely is people who are. I don't know if they want to be difficult or if they really believe that's what would happen based on what they've what they're reading. So I, I think there's kind of two different approaches to this, right? There is my paladin, who when you look at the game, we're there to have fun, and we've got stairs going down. Scott obviously has prepared something. Yep. I now have to try and read Scott's mind to say, is this the adventure you have planned? And if so, I don't want to screw it up for Scott. No. Or is this just Scott being, hey, here's a big old wide open world. You guys can do what you want and you do what you think is best. Um, not wanting to ruin anybody's plans. The paladin is more than willing to go down. And when his part, when his friends are saying, no, we really need to wait. I was almost convinced to turn around until the paladin asked the God, if that thing was evil and needed to be destroyed. And when the God responded, that's when the decision was made for the paladin. Now, I also was recently in a Deadlands game where there is a character who has this complete uh, he taken the old ways oath or whatever, and so can't go on anything technology-wise. The entire adventure was based on us having to get on this uh, electric stagecoach that's going to go off into the salt flats by itself, and we're going to investigate some problems on this line. And that character's like, I'm not getting on that. And <laughs> th we're like, Okay. And the gym's like, then your game night is going to be completely boring because this entire thing is happening out in those salt flights and you're not going to keep up with that stagecoach. Not on your horses, not on foot. And so, um, yeah. The, and one of the other players didn't want that character to be left alone. So he voluntarily stayed back. He's like, yeah, next time you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, uh, well, that's what my character would do. Okay, that's fine. If you don't want to have fun with the group, do that. So I, I think there's like two two options there, right? I mean, there's the I know what my character would do, trying to go forward with what the perceived adventure could be, even if there's like a fork in the road. There's still two. There's two forks in that road. One could go somewhere, and so it's there are those that well, my character is going to go down this path because one, it looks like it's a fun path. Two, it's a path that the GM has a plan for in theory, at least in my head, the GM has a plan for it. And so I'm not trying to derail the GM's game or the party's fun while trying to say, you know what, you guys have this idea. My character wants to do this. You don't have to, but you can. Um, but this is what my character would do. Whereas then there's the, the player that I'm going to do this because that's what my character would do. And it kills the entire game for the GM. And that's just stupid. But uh, so, Finder, what did we learn today? Uh, Scott summed it up already. We, we've learned that people play the same character. It's just dressed up in different clothes with funny ears, potentially, and 
and bad accents because that's what we know. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Well, RP people, uh, I think we're pretty much done here today. I hope you enjoyed yourselves and aren't too mad at us for any particular reason. Uh, I'd like to thank Russ for joining us today. You can find uh, the most up-to-date information on his Kickstarter, Nuetto, at on his Kickstarter. <laughs> Sorry, I, that. I wrote I, my bad I wrote that total I'm just like reading this I was like what the fuck did I just read you can find Rust's information on Rust's game Nuetto on Kickstarter his ep- and also as he said to me your website you're in the process of updating it right yeah the website was slapped together before I had all the art assets that I used on the Kickstarter so the Kickstarter is just a thousand percent better. Uh, search Nuido on N E W E D O on Kickstarter and you'll find it. If you don't, Kickstarter. Uh, the campaign is closed. Backer kit is still open. There's a link there. Uh, I do have a website, saltygames.com. It's f-ing garbage. Don't don't go look. <laughs> um, and uh, but thanks for having me, guys. This was a ton of fun. Yeah, man. Wait, hang on, hang on. Uh, we've learned one thing else, and that is that Santa needs to do a better job of proofing what he wrote before he says it. Allow myself and... to introduce myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we do have a question that we need to ask Russ, oh, and God. that is, have you seen Mazes and Monsters? Oh, shit. Uh, is that the Tom Hanks movie? Yes! That is the Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, so, so I'm I, taking it. Probably not since whatever, 1987. That's fine. We don't hold that against you. What, what, no. what are your thoughts on the movie? Uh, <laughs> Satanism and role playing? I mean, uh, yes. I mean, my thoughts are yes. Look at us. We're a bunch of Satanists. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's amazing what the Karens of America thought up in the 80s. Right. Uh, and, I, and I'm glad to see that the Karens of America no longer run what we do in the, the privacy of our basements when our wives let us go down there by ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> amazing Monsters is a hell of a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, sorry, sorry to any Karens of America. <laughs> No, they're fine. They'll get over it. They won't, but they can't find me. (laughs) That's right. They don't want to talk to your manager. We don't want to talk to my manager. Do not have a manager. Strong word with the socialists. Right. It's just. It's amazing how the Karens have also flip flopped around in their like leanings and beliefs. It's just amazing. I have to remind everyone that I work around of, like, hey, you're talking a lot of shit, but uh, let's discuss satanic panic uh, and who was responsible for that. And then they'll get real excited. I'm like, cool, now let's discuss the fucking bitch who uh, made us put stickers on rap albums and shit. Because it's not the same people. And you see people's faces get real long. They're like, that's right. All of your things you hold dear are dumb pieces of shit who don't care about you. (laughs) Speaking of rap album names. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, people. So simple. (laughs) But yeah, anyways, if you guys liked, way off script on that one. Uh, if you guys liked uh, what you heard here, you can, and you want to actually say something to us, you can email me at rpsmartpeople at gmail.com or through Twitter at rpsmartpeople. Uh, we're still a little channel, so any kind of feedback is great. 
Also, you know, tell your friends about us so that we can continue growing. Have a good week and see you next time. Any final words? No. Good final word.